Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, regular listeners. You may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well... That and the fact that we're not allowed to use our title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Honey and Cod. I'm Itamar Surlovich. And I'm Sarit Packer. This week, we're in our friend's garden in southeast London. We're going to light up the barbecue and we're going to cook some dishes from our upcoming book, Chasing Smoke. Our book is all about our travels around the Levant, chasing fires everywhere, cooking on grills. We'd love you to have a taste of it. Okay, Itamar, why don't you go over there and start our fire so I can tell everyone what's going on. I'm going to go and do that. So this week's episode is all inspired by one of our many trips to Greece, and we have been several times. But this one specifically is a trip we made to Thessaloniki as part of our trips for the book. We were so fortunate that we traveled all around the Levant in 2019, just before lockdowns happened. And then we had all of 2020 to write this yeah. book. And we kind of want you to, to have a feel for it and a bit of the experience we had. And Greece is a special place for us. It's one of our favorite countries in the world. We love the people, we love the food, we always feel at home when we go there. And we love Thessaloniki. It's such an amazing town. Not a lot of people get there, do they? I think it's not so much a tourist hub, but it really should be. First of all, it's kind of a gateway to this beautiful area uh, northern of northern Greece. Anyway, we had a beautiful time. And one of the staples we eat whenever we're in Greece is octopus. Octopodi. And uh, really, you shouldn't be scared of cooking it. What we were going to go through is like really simple way to get it ready on a barbecue or even get your prep done a bit before and then just finish it on the barbecue. There's nothing like the flavor of a freshly charred octopus. It's amazing. And it's very much a flavor that oh. I associate with Greece. Definitely. Absolutely. Also in this episode, we are going to catch up with some of the people we met on the way in our travels. We're going to be talking to our very own Gina Delianis. She used to work in our kitchens in Honey and Smoke, but now she has decided to leave us and move back to Greece. We don't we understand don't why. Her, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we don't blame her. But we're looking forward to having another chat with her. We're also going to be chatting to Patricia Niven. She's been our photographer since the first book. We love working with her. She's going to be chatting to us about some of these trips she was on them with us taking all the beautiful pictures in the book okay we'll hear from both of them a bit later but let's cook first
We're going to be cooking octopus. Now, admittedly, the first stage of this you don't have to do on the fire. You can do it at home, in your oven, or even on a stove because we cook this kind of sloppy, kind of beasty thing in its own juices, more or less. And it takes a while because you want it to really soften, about an hour and a half to cook it fully. Once it's cooked, then you just char it on the grill. So we always like to use frozen octopus. It really breaks and softens the muscles. Really, it takes a while to cook, but actually it's really simple. You don't really need to add much. So we're just going to put it in the pan and we're not going to add any liquid. I'm just going to add a little bit of tomatoes. Just going to give it some freshness there. So we have the tomatoes in, we're going to add some red onions, just whole cut in half, some garlic, that we're just going to bash them a little bit, some sage and some... And a couple of bay leaves. Bay leaves. And we're also adding like just a bit of spice here, nothing too aggressive, a bit of whole cumin seeds and a bit of black peppercorns are all going to go in there, tiny bit of red wine just to kind of give us a bit of flavour and we're gonna cover it and put it on the grill. Yeah, and you just want it on quite a slow heat. Yeah, just on the corner where the heat is there but the charcoal isn't blazing. And if you're cooking a lot of stuff, this can wait. And if you want to, you do it before in an oven. Yeah, that's a really good way of getting your barbecue prep done. Just get the octopus in the oven or on the stove the night before, it can wait for you just need the kiss of very hot coals to give it that smoky flavor and it's absolutely delicious. So while our kind of octopus which is our favorite grilled seafood I suppose well prawns are pretty high up there but yeah. octopus is pretty good we're gonna make a little marinade and it's very very simple there's a lot of flavor in there you don't want to overshadow yeah, a bit Can of paprika, we... a bit of uh, garlic, a bit of olive oil. It just to give it a quick coating so when it goes on the grill, it chars and all the flavors come together. So you just want to get the sage very coarsely chopped, garlic sliced, a little bit of chili, and paprika. You just add some olive oil to it just to bind it all together, and that's a really simple, really punchy, and very effective marinade. The octopus here is starting to boil, the juices are starting to boil, and it's just to be aware of it, you know, it doesn't need your attention at all. Maybe halfway through we're going to flip and then cover again, but that's it. It's just to be aware that it's there on a fire. So octopus is with all its aromats, it's sitting on the grill. It's going to take about 45 minutes, so we're going to stop for a little chat. Hi Patsy, we haven't spoken Hi. for a while. Hi Sariti. Hey Fish. Hi Itsy. How, How are, are you, you, darling? Wishing we were going somewhere. Where should we go? I know, it's, mm. it's sunshine outside and it kind of makes you think, hmm, there's only one place we want to be when there's sunshine. <gasps> Greece. Greece. <laughs> what did we do in Greece? We ate lots of seafood. There was that, yeah. Yeah, we had some red mullets and stuff. You're also quite like fond of uh, a bread vendor or two. Yes. yes. Especially when they're selling them in a trolley by the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, you, you are quite partial to that. Everything on a trolley. Yeah, it's great. I love that portable, you know, I'm here now. I've got what you need. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then we we arrived at this place. It was so magical. Do you remember? It was, just it was so beautiful. So beautiful. The, like a husband and wife and the wife's sister. That's all mm -hmm. the people that were working. 
quiet but beautiful with like a nice wood fire outside and then this mm. beautiful grill inside and it was really local wasn't it everything that like massive chops pork chops and didn't his father-in-law grow the pigs yeah, yeah, or yeah. something and the potatoes as well which like oh. the potatoes were the best I forgot about <laughs> <them>. <laughs> just like <laughs> oven but you know like fire potatoes but they were just so tasty slightly spiced butter on the pork chop we ended up staying like six hours there no? <laughs> And then we were we meant to go to dinner somewhere and we we're like, no, we can't. No, no more food. <laughs> no, no more he was food. very generous. Where, did we go somewhere really briefly one evening? To we, in, the, in the evening, we had to drive up to it because this shop is like specializes in gyros. This is the only thing they do in gyros, like, you know, mm. the grilled kind of pork or sometimes some other meats as well, because they do a few skewers of different things. You can choose a few. In the in the evening, we had to drive up to it because it's the best gyros place in the Saloniki. Do you remember they gave us like these crazy instructions? Up the hill, yes. down the mountain, turn yeah. left, turn yeah. right, turn left, turn right. <laughs> and then we end up in this like neighborhood, like a really residential neighborhood with a queue outside the door for yeah. this gyros place. It's always a good sign. Yeah. God, and then like so just grilling it fresh onto the kind of Greek pita and then yeah. just allowing us to attack all the condiments, wrap it up. I mean, there's there's nothing like it, is there? No. That was so tasty. Yeah, and that that was one of the shops that really everyone said, like when we said we're going to Saloniki, you have to go there, you have to go there. Yeah. Didn't we it, go to dinner after that, immediately after that? I think we may have done, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have to like make a sacrifice. <laughs> All in the name of research, no? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's very important. Well, that was. I really enjoyed revisiting the Saloniki with you, Pat. Me too. I hey, hope what we about can me? do this in real life. <laughs> it's Jeez, it's all we do. Can... All we did all of last year was, you know, looking at pictures and, you know, oh, we were there, this was fun, this was that. But with Patsy, who's a little bit withholding, <laughs> we don't get to do it. Well, Not that I blame you after spending all of 2019 with us. I'm sure that you need a break. I loved it. It was the highlight of my life. Probably, yeah. I was <laughs> all right, so we're about halfway through and I'm just going to flip our octopus in the pan just so the other side of it cooks. Sometimes there's a thicker part and it's formed like a good amount of liquid here now. Nice sizzling liquid. And that's kind of what helps it cook. Recover it. Okay, and then I'm going to make a quick paprika aioli to go with this. So I'm just putting one egg yolk here in a mixing bowl. I'm adding a bit of rice wine vinegar just to kind of help it bind a bit. A bit of salt and pepper. Yeah, just a good pinch, that's good. I'm going to add a bit of black pepper and then a bit of lemon juice, just juice of half a lemon and also a clove of garlic, which I'm just going to grate quickly so it's nice and fine. And I put a full clove of garlic here, but that is quite pungent, so you can put a bit less if you want or a bit more if you want as well. A little whisk and you want to start this working just on its own before we start adding any oil and then the oil just in a nice slow drizzle until the whole mix thickens. And this is a beautiful thing to, to see a mayonnaise thicken. The main thing really is to remember to drizzle in slowly and you continue until you get like a really fluffy, 
set mix and really you should keep it in the fridge until you're ready to serve because it's using a raw egg. I don't know that I understand what the mechanics happens. of it. <laughs> it's still magic to me how it happens. It is amazing, isn't it? Like yeah. from two liquids you get this kind of thick, beautiful sauce. All right, once it thickens, you stop. It goes kind of nice and pale, and this is like, I suppose like a peachy color because we've got the, the paprika, paprika there. Yeah. Uh, we taste it, we see if it needs any adjusting. And I'm not making it super, super thick because I kind of want to just dip the, the octopus and get like a nice yeah, coating. Yeah, you want it like almost like a dipping sauce. Okay, let's try some. doesn't need to some. be like super set. A bit more salt maybe? No, I wouldn't. Really? Yeah. Do you want more salt, yeah, obviously? I would. <laughs> Just a touch Obviously. more salt, thank you. So, as usual, but everything we will else compromise. tastes beautiful. Exactly, compromise to what I asked for in the first place. Excellent, that's ready to go. We flipped the octopus. It still needs another half hour to forty-five minutes to completely soften. Gives us time for another little chat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Gina. Ticanis, Gina. Cala, cala, Policada. Just to explain to everyone, you're in Greece. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because you used to work with us in Honey and Smoke. And, and he's a very, very, very talented chef. Very delicious Thank chef. You. We didn't Thank eat you. you. We ate your food. Yeah. Also a decent person, we can say. No, no. The yeah. person, not so much. But no, you don't, you don't have to be a decent person to be <laughs> a chef. Passable person. Just barely, yeah. No. <laughs> Gina is one of our favorite chefs, one of our favorite people. He used to work with us in Honey and Smoke. Cleverly... Removed herself as far away from us as she can. Yeah, it's as if I knew of people. <laughs> what, was, what was coming. Moved away from this city to a, a far better city. When I left Athens a long time ago, I couldn't wait. And then when I decided to come back and give it a go here, wasn't sure what how I would feel about it. But coronavirus and quarantine and disaster aside, I actually 
love it here. It's evolved so much. It's changed. It's much more open and outward facing. A lot of people like me have returned and are excited to be here. So there's a there's a vibe. There's a really good vibe. We loved seeing Athens when we came last time. I mean, I don't know. Did used to have like a little bit of a bad rep, like a stopping point on the way to the islands. But I thought it was an incredible city, you know, walking around with you. I loved it. Just to explain to people listening to us, you have been extremely instrumental in helping us plan a lot of our trips to Greece because... Like as much as we're big foodies, you're like a massive one and you have huge pride in what happens in Greece. And every time we just throw you anything that's like, oh, we're thinking of going to this part of Greece. You come back to us with every food imaginable that we can try and test and where we should go. And you've been so kind to help us go to Pelion and we've gone to Kalamata. And most of all, you helped us plan this trip to Thessaloniki, which we've kind of recorded in the book. We should really be paying you, I feel. We should be paying you. Okay, I'm open. Don't raise this now. It's not going to happen. But I just want to say, I feel we probably should. We're not. But we probably okay. should. We can, we, probably should. We, can, we can discuss. Yeah, I mean, every, every part of Greece and every smaller region within that part of Greece has something special going on. And You sent us to this cooperative of women up into the mountains just outside of Thessaloniki. I should call it hills. It wasn't a mountain. Yeah. It was a bit hilly on the way up into a gorgeous kind of farmland outside of Thessaloniki. And a beautiful group of women met us and they had formed a cooperative to start producing together some things. And the way they put it is because their husbands are kind of useless farmers and they wanted, uh, which I love that, you know, it's such a great way to put it. My, they, my they didn't say that, but I think they kind of said that. that. Let's, put, let's be honest. They kind of said that. They kind of said our husbands. It's been slightly. implied, yeah. So they had got together as a group of women and started producing things together. They do a lot of jams as well and preserves and all these spoon fruits, which are extremely popular in Greece, where it's kind of a whole fruit in a syrup. But what they did, which was their real specialty, were these crackers. And we kind of thought, I forgot the name. Perik. Perik, exactly, Perik. And they were extremely excited by this Perik, cooking them on live fire, which of course for us is fascinating because it's this crackers. But we didn't really understand why it was such an exciting thing, I suppose. But tell us a bit, what happens after it's these crackers? Like, what happens to it? The reason why they're done this particular way is preservation, first and foremost. So phyllo, as we all know, is fickle. And if you open a phyllo, you have to use it immediately or you lose it. And I think it was obviously a very practical solution for making large batches and preserving. So they're completely dried out. But they're wafer thin. And then as needed, they're rehydrated very quickly, just like a dip in water, and laid into, I think, a frying pan, usually, in order to make like a minute pita, so two-order pitas, as opposed to the other types of Greek pitas, which are baked for an hour in an oven. These are quick pitas, made to order, super practical. And crunchy. 
when we went with them afterwards, so we first we saw them in this kind of cooperative where they were making the crackers and drying them and packing them. And then we went with them to the cafe because they run like a cafe where they cook this perik into the pie or the pita, like you call it. So like in Greece, a pita is a pie. Yeah. In Hebrew, a pita is a pocket of yes. dough. So it's, you know, these different kind of things. But in, in Greece, you would always have... Uh, the vegetable and then pita, no, or like a cheese and then pita. So you would yeah. say, or cheese and vegetable, or yeah, or, or meat, so or meat fillings. Good. But yeah, it's fillings, usually yeah. a vegetable cheese. But the, I was just amazed at their skill. They were doing it, and they were so organized as well because there was three of them. One was weighing out the dough, the other rolling it, and then the other was on this kind of upturned metal wok, I guess. Yeah, like a sage, them. like a sage kind of. Yeah. Thing. And she had like a stick and a broom, like a floor brush to turn it. And then they would switch every half hour so they don't get bored. So they also don't get exhausted, like different. So they don't get like repetitive kind of motion uh, injury or whatever. They would just swap with each other. So practical. (laughs) So these women, this cooperative, they were not Greek, Greek, or they were... Something else that I've not quite heard of They are Pontic Greeks, which is a minority within Greece now, but for thousands of years, so BC, there was a very large Greek-speaking population or Greek dialect population around the Black Sea who over, over the thousands of years had been chased around, from what I understood, culminated in the 1920s with a huge population exchanges. And several hundred thousand of these Pontic Greeks ended up back in Greece and settled into these villages, because apparently their Pontic Greek dialect sounded nothing like the Greek of Greece. So they have, they have assimilated, but they've held on to a lot of these foodways. Do you think there's like distinctive things that are different about their food that you can point today still? Yes. You know, when I was looking into, you know, researching this trip for you, I came across this word berek, which I had never actually heard of before because it is a hyper local product. And unless you've traveled in the area or know Thessaloniki or you know a little bit more about the Pontic Greeks, then you probably would never have heard of. So I'd never heard of it. And so by researching that word, I came across this female agricultural cooperative. And if you keep looking into it, there's like tons of really interesting Pontic products in and around those those villages. But there were other great things you sent us to do in, in that area. So you sent us to see this actually Crete guy, a Cretan, I should say, Cretan, Cretan, Cretan. What yes. do you call it? Cretan, Cretan, Cretan. A Cretan chef who had opened uh, Grill Prestis was the restaurant, wasn't it? But he cooked this amazing dish called Antichristos, which was like uh, uh, just a lamb on a you know on a on a cross, a which a is stick, kind of yeah. crazy. It's funny because when you say it like that, it sounds like you're saying the Antichrist. Exactly. That's how I call it. In my head, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very different. I mean, it is a very small difference, but it is very different from Adikristo, the accent at the end, which means opposite. So basically, you're cooking something opposite a fire. So basically, it's like a radiant heat kind of cooking. So you're not directly over coals, or you're not like directly over the flame, but you create these like big fires, and then you place the meat sort of 
at an angle towards the fire, but not directly. Mm. And I think it's like a slower, a slower fire cooking process as opposed yeah. to it is like charring. The meat is like really melted and kind yeah. of smoky, but not got that kind of characteristic char. Yeah. I would say that you would have. It oh is very, very tasty, and it renders so. the fat really, really yeah, well. Exactly. We had it with like some potatoes and sprinkle of oregano and yes. squeeze of lemon. Yes. Oh, so that's good. All, that's, all, that's all you yeah. need. In my mind, like it, imprinted in my brain is this dish we had with you and your father. Of It was the simplest dish of boiled like baby courgettes, broccoli. Uh, what else was there? Like some beans. It was just everything that was so in good. season. That's literally and what it, it is. Just it's boiled. just boiled. Yeah olive oil and it was just so delicious and I kind of wanted you to tell me what's in season now in Greece because yeah so salivate these some. beautiful asparagus which is a very short season and then all you can get is like the regular European style asparagus that we all know but then strawberries that's, oh, that's yeah. the other oh, thing nice. definitely doing something with strawberries so it's made a really good I just good, made a really uh, nice mousse, mousse. We're really easy oh. strawberry mousse I just blitzed some of them, added some, uh, folded it into like some uh, sour cream and whipped cream together until it kind of thickened a bit. Just a tiny bit of strawberry jam and then a fresh strawberry salad on top with okay. mint and sumac. It was so nice, okay. actually. I, it, it was, was really, really good, Gina. That's, send me the details. Really, that's really that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Perfect. Yeah. All right, Gina, we miss seeing you. It was lovely catching up. Thank you so much for a little uh, taste of Greece. We felt like we got away for a bit. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. That was fun, huh? Yeah, it was great catching up. I'm so hungry. Like, talking to them just made me think of everything we had, and I'm starving. So, what's funny about this is once this octopus is cooked, it is shriveled beyond. <laughs> so it's much smaller than you think. So getting, like... A proper kilo and a half, kind of kilo and a half, two kilo octopus will do four people, I would say. Yeah. So even though it looks like a lot, it doesn't end up being that much. But it is very rich, so you don't need much of it. Once it's completely cooked, you start breaking it down. There's always like a hard bit in the middle of the center part. Just remove that. That's inedible. It's like a beak. Yeah. But then we just keep it as whole tentacles. For me, octopus is um, such a Greek taverna classic. We always, you know, one of the first things that we try and get as soon as we hit the ground in Greece is uh, octopus along with all of our, you know, favorite food. Really, usually in, in like taverna, you, you either have octopus on the grill or maybe stewed in like tomatoes and red wine, which is also gorgeous. But uh, you can sometimes get it just, you know, very thin slices with olive oil, garlic, and parsley, just like as a meze or a little starter. All iterations are acceptable to us, favorable to us, beloved by us. And it's also uh, the air drying. Did you say air drying? I wasn't listening to you. No, this is the... You know, like... Before sun it's even cooked. Air, yeah, yeah, like drying it, kind of hanging it from like these, almost like washing lines, isn't yeah. it? And just letting it kind of dry before you cook it is very traditional as well, intensifies the flavor. Yeah, and sort of breaks it down because it's quite, can be quite tough meat, so you definitely need to bash it around a bit before you cook it. I'm going to get the grill nice and rearing hot. I'm just going to drop them in the marinade. And you just want to toss it through the marinade, just very, very gently to coat and cover it. 
this is gonna char on the grill and the smell is just gonna be incredible. So now this is a really, really quick job. Once the octopus is cooked in the marinade, you just want it to heat up a little bit. Get a bit of char. And just give it a few, I suppose a couple of minutes on each side, turning it, making sure it gets a good color all over. So a great kind of way to to get like a picnic in the wild or something like that happening is to marinate this at home before you go and then just grill it to when you're ready to eat. All right, then we're gonna flip. Don't fight it if it's sticking a bit, leave it for just a bit longer because as, as you kind of, as it chars, it will come loose from the grate on the grill. All right, we're ready. Can I have a plate eaten on? Our tentacles are beautiful and crisp, nicely charred. The smell from the barbecue is amazing. And you want to eat this straight away, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I love eating uh, octopus at room temperature or even cold from the fridge. It gets a little bit almost rubbery texture. I quite like that. But when it's hot, straight from the grill, it gets this really melting quality that I just absolutely love. I mean, also, like, how can you wait with this? You don't want to wait. Yeah, you want to eat is this. Not weight kind of food. Alright. Let's go and chow down. Quite like cutting it into sort of bite-sized pieces. Cut that one because that's the one I'm gonna eat. Okay. Mm. Love the the end bits, the crispy end bits are really really nice. Wait you have the sauce here. Mm, give me some sauce. Oh wow that is so good. And it's worth saying we don't add any salt to it. The flesh is actually quite salty in mm. itself. So at no point do you need to add any salt to the octopus. There is so much flavor there. And a couple of things you could do to make this into a full meal is pop a couple of potatoes, just jackets into your grill while you're cooking this. They'll cook at the same time. You'll be able to, to kind of have a full meal. Or you could even pop some potatoes or beans into the octopus as it's cooking. Those juices can really kind of give them a great flavor as well. So doesn't just have to be the octopus, you can make a full meal out of it. I mean, potato salad. Oh, yum. That will work well with this. Also with the paprika aioli, that's going to be a nice combination, isn't mm. it? That is delicious. One more piece for the road. I'm going to have this bit. So guys, if you enjoyed cooking with us today, really hope you listen to the other four episodes in this series. It's kind of a mini series to give you inspiration, a summer project, say, of cooking on your barbecue, food from all around the Levant. We cooked in uh, Israel, in Egypt, in Jordan, in Turkey, and in Greece. We had such an amazing time. Hopefully, if you cook along with us, then you'll get a bit of a flavor of the trip we had. It will take you, transport you to another place until travel is completely safe again. Yeah, I hope you, you enjoy. And if you want to hear more or read more about our trips, it's all in our book, Chasing Smoke. We want to say a big thank you to our guests and friends, Gina Dinianis and Patricia Neven. We want to say a big thank you to our producer, Miranda Hinckley, and to Claire Crofton for additional production. We want to say a big thank you to our audio engineer, Paul Brogdon, and to Daniel Winshall for our fancy new theme music. 
special thank you to Louisa Kornfeld, aka Lulu, Head of Communication in Honey & Co, plus so much more, and to our dear friend Polly Russell for lending us her garden. It's goodbye for me. Sorry, Packer. And for me, Tomas Rulovic, thank you so much for listening. Are you going to have the last piece? Of course I am. Go for it. Okay. Hey, stealing it out of my hands. You're all right at this. I should do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.